3: I'm
4: sorry I some final the
5: of you are not listening to never Records on Blue Gold radio 99.9 FM Welcome to episode 14 of Never Records Radio. If you're joining me for the first time, my name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan, I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, jazz ensembles, anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. Never Records began in an abandoned tower records near Union Square in New York City. In January 2010, in collaboration with curators from No Longer Empty, I created what the Wall Street Journal described as a mock shop that served as a love letter to the dying concept of the record store. From this beginning, Never Records has grown and developed while remaining faithful to my original objective, to create community across social, political, and religious division. In the fall of 2012, I met at Never Records in the city of New Orleans. To this date, it was the largest and longest installation of Never Records. In four weeks, I recorded over 140 performances. Do the math. That's over four sessions a day every day for a month. Let me describe this next recording to you. My portable Victrola just turned 100 years old. Engraved on a tarnished metal plaque nailed to the side of the dark stained wood chassis is the logo of the Victor Talking Machine Company, which depicts a mixed breed terrier staring quizzically at the horn of a Victrola. Underneath the image are the words, his master's voice. Of his design, the artist Francis Burrow said, It's difficult to say how the idea came to me beyond the fact that it suddenly occurred to me that to have my dog listening to the phonograph with an intelligent and rather puzzled expression and call it his master's voice would make an excellent subject. We had a phonograph and I often noticed how puzzled he was to make out where the voice came from. It certainly was the happiest thought I ever had. When I was a boy, my father, who was a microwave engineer, placed a brown paper bag on the kitchen table and asked my sister and me to guess what was in the bag. We rattled off a list of guesses, and then my father, with a mischievous glint in his eyes, pressed some secret switch, and with a click, our voices were played back to us. Always the first to buy consumer technology, my dad had purchased a portable cassette player. And to us, it was a magic trick or an event even more significant, a visitation, a coming of age in a scientific age, and I've never been the same since. A few years later, I cut school and rushed home because the band I was in, The Reply, had just received test pressings of our very first final record. When I dropped the needle on the record and heard our music play from the stereo speakers, I felt a deep sense of accomplishment and wonder that gives me chills to this moment. A vinyl record is not sound translated into code. It is the analog trace of sound. It's an imprint of an ephemeral echo permanently captured, transcending time and material. The grooves of a record are fingerprints, DNA helixes, ripples, waves captured like insects in amber. The recordings I'm gonna play for you today are about the voice. For me, it is the most intimate sound I can capture because it is distinctly unique to each person that performs for me. Catalyst Alcindor is a poet who found his way into Never Records and recorded this beautiful track about riding a streetcar in New Orleans. This poem is called For the Boys in the Back.
2: My name is Catalyst Alcindor and this is For the Boys in the Back. While standing in a matchbox of a streetcar surrounded by people all eager for the taste of bourbon, I gripped the leather strap dangling from the brace pipe. I like to pretend it's a person because I don't like to put that much faith into something I don't know the first name of. So Derek, the strap stiffens when the wind blows and it ain't been soft since they cut it from its mother's skin. While bottleneck and least circle, my wrist becomes an ever vigilant parent. Derek, Derek is a child playing too close to the traffic. Winking while shifting. I grip this strap harder than I do myself. Knowing I hate to depend on things I cannot control. I lean in away from the curve, away from the tourists who fall to the ground, whose grips are still soft and nimble, who are still not prepared for the ride that's destined to come. Derek don't flinch. Derek reminds me of the boys I used to go to school with who have seen death way too soon, who act out in class to be noticed because there's no one at home to help them understand why we live where we do. Who disregard their innocence in compensation for the coldness of this world, who become fathers while their mothers are off working. The metal wheels press against the wails as unevenly as the last kiss of a lover you never want to see again. My wrist reacts before thinking we've done this before. We know how to rebalance a hurricane. Both of us, salted and cured, left stripped, piled up under troubles for months. Our flesh made leather by the desertion of others and I'm remembering when we were both fresh. Just thoughts turn bones still gripping at fingers and lights were our friends. Trusting in faith that clouds will catch us, that people will care if we fall while walking. Still full of amazement in the newly discovered, both of us wish to be tourists in foreign lands, both of us never seen past Bourbon Street, accepted. We deserve nothing but an occasional stroke from a warm-hearted traveler on their way to something better standing here jumping and shaking with silent grins smiling at people who smile for all the wrong reasons they they look so happy and we we ain't never looked that happy since they cut us from our mother's skin this train knows how we ride it rolls the way it does because it owes nothing to anyone or anything that trembles its way of asking Derek When are you gonna let all of this shit go? The stopping trolley shakes a seizure through its innards. My fingers uncrumple like standards. My palms still red from holding on to things I thought could save my life, my boys. Being tough does not deflect bullets, it attracts them. This iron-hide parable seduced us both. Under the gaze of protection, I see you standing. In the same position I've been, frigid, and still holding on to things you think can protect you. You should know. There is a city beyond these levees, full of crescendoing bridges, all waiting to be gazed upon, all wicks who've never been struck by these flambeau eyes of ours. I've stiffened way too much to not appreciate how soft hands can be. I'm re-remembering how it feels to be prepared for the ride that's destined to come. And I'm not sure if you're ready to get off. But by the look in your eyes, I can tell. This. This is your stop. You are not listening to Never
5: Records on Blue Gold Radio 99.9 FM. Let me describe this next recording to you. In New Orleans, I began to experiment with what I call long-form recording sessions. Inspired by the hours of recordings of Alan Lomax and his interviews with Jelly Roll Morton, I would ask performers to talk about their music, play a song, and talk some more. I found that the informal nature of the conversation had the ability to relax the musician to the point where their performances became a true reflection of who they are, and not some canned reproduction with a stale and contrived polish. One of the first people I tried this with was a poet and musician named Jeremy J.F. Thompson. He couldn't decide whether he wanted to record a poem or a song. So I said, why not do both?
0: You're home, get off. I already have everything I want. Living now is from making actual unrelenting joy of circumstances which I have both built and which have been built around me. I have exaggerated all stereotypes and imagined even more. I, travel agent, double back, time-traveling agent. International travel is not worth the memories. Go home. It takes longer, costs less, and postcards can finally have pictures on both sides. I live the most fierce and turbulent life, a terrible plane ride. I'm on my way to where I can land, or on my way to when the air might tear my wings off. Either way, I'll dive into a quiet, kick back like 16 ton lead eyeballs rolling back into a chicken wire hammock, have a real hard rest. I laugh so stupidly while my bicycle goes across town past midnight, past my home. I laugh at a world too stupid to know I've been playing marbles with its balls since I was 12. I get ridiculous, this spectacle of self. Diving hard from ha-ha-o-m-g-ha-ha to golden-studded sunglasses I snivel beneath and sob behind. Original baller, bitch. Fake bitch with a mouth full of mad ballers. They're not welling up. I'm swelling up. I come, I come with a soft focus option. Press the button, not a trick. I hate playing marbles, I hate life's balls, dropping like lead eyes that roll back inside a chicken wire hammock. I thought you were sexless or hermaphroditic. It's a lie, a smooth plastic mound, no orifice, no mind. You crazy, tranny on my face while I ride through the dark. Everyone will think I love you, get off. I love living, I want to live just like an organism. Like, everyone's saying they're gonna do this. They're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. Gonna do it, gonna do this, gonna do that. Gonna do it, do it, do it to it, do it to it.
1: Six gamblers to carry my coffin Six chorus girls to sing my song Want a jazz band on my tailgate To raise hell while we roll along This is the end of my story So let's have another ride
0: Friends jammed up in internet traffic, I implore you, get off. I dare you to set your alarm, wake and spit on your sheets. Put your weight on your feet and make to move out. See if you can carry the weight of being loved by the place around you. Strap an electric collar on your dogged heart and fight the love of anything beyond the city limits. Crushing high school, crushing, crushing like a cemetery dance. Gravestone carving machines, punch this on a plaque for me. He got off here. I'm off to party with folks for the rest of all the years I have left, making friends of all the fish in one net, gutted with the same knife, breaded with the same flour, filleted and fried in the same oil, served up at the same table, smothered in the same sauce, altogether consumed. We live this way for you. We have such unreasonable hope, expectations. When will you come? I love everyone on their way here. I'll help you cut your heart out. I'll walk you to the fryer, drop it in, and imagine how this ridiculous metaphor works. Home is stuck through with the cross stitch and lace making of good sentiment. I am also sure that home is a fish fry. I've explained this above. That's why I want your heart in the fryer where my heart has been. Thin tall tongs to hold you under our long boiling oil. We share a fried taste. If you want to love all of us, if you think we should believe you, drop your balls in. Let them roll back inside a chicken wire hammock. Let them rest. We wait and watch your plate. You're on your way. I smell it. I've always had that crispy, heart-popping scent. Just sit down and drop your heart on the plate. Drop your balls, take the sauce, drop your hair, drop your legs. It'll fit. I tell you, I invite you, I beg you to just drop your face on the plate and get off. Go home where you're special, where everyone wants a taste. You
5: are not listening to Never Records Radio. That recording is beautiful. I love the line where Jeremy declares, friends stuck in internet traffic, get off. Let me describe this next recording to you. My friend Paddy Malloy made the trek to New Orleans from New York. He has this amazing band called King Pussyface, which sounds like early Black Flag, and if you ever get the chance to go see them play, it will restore your faith in rock and roll. Patty lived in New Orleans for a while, and I edited together some of his amazing tales about life in New Orleans along with some acoustic ballads he was working on. The result is a mini musical that paints a picture that is perfectly Patty. Here is Patty Malloy recorded live at Never Records New Orleans in 2012.
4: <laughs> Hello, Laser River. Won't you take me home? Where nature's green is golden, and you never are alone. Could be Minneapolis, could be St. Louis, could be down in Orleans,
3: long as you're with me. Hello, Ted, (laughs) and Nevermore Records. It's going good, Ted. Thank you.
5: So, why would you move from Minneapolis to New Orleans?
3: Well, it was it was uh, it was a second uh, Reagan's second term. It was like 1986, and I was a punk rocker uh, to the core. But I was a little disillusioned because he got reelected, I think. And I was looking for another way another way to live, maybe. And I. Um, And I was working in an art theater called the Uptown Art Theater, Uptown Uptown Theater, and uh, they played art films and independent films. and And Jim Jarmusch's uh, Down by Law came out, and I wicked wanted to be like that DJ in his film, like the Tom White's character. And so I knew I needed to come down here and get a cool outfit and like pointy shoes and and uh, and just be a part of it and give it a go, be a part of New Orleans, you know. So,
5: but how did the move go down? Did you save up
3: money? Or- no, there's never any money. Still isn't any money, but, but I, what I, it's a little better now, I guess. But what, what I, uh, I got a band together that tr- I, tr- I call it Patrick Malloy's Magnificent Garden. And I tried to play jazz music like Tom Waits was doing, and I would over grouch the vocals and all that stuff. But uh, so we came down and we played in a, my friend's apartment. And uh, on the on the day after we got here, we played, and then they were gonna go home, drive home, my friends were. And so we're hugging and talking out on the curb of an apartment on Toulouse and Charters in in the French Quarter. And they, they all load the van up and they're like, we'll see you later, Petty. You know, and all these other promises. Like, I'm gonna come down in three weeks. I'm gonna come down in six weeks. And I just felt alone. I was, I, I, so I was sitting on the curb and, I, and they drove away and I was kind of weeping and uh, and this old lady pushing a shopping cart comes up and she's like, she's like it was my first taste of New Orleans magic maybe and she comes up and she's like, hey baby, what are you crying about? and I said, well, my friends just left me, they just went home and she said, they went home? Well, maybe uh, maybe you left them, so why don't you quit crying and enjoy yourself? And she kept pushing her shopping cart by, and I was like, well, eh, that's a good idea.
4: Mm. Hello, lazy river. You look shiny bright. Like a diamond in a wristwatch. On a starry night Could be Minneapolis Could be old St. Louis Could be down in Orleans Long as you're with me
3: And so I um, got down there (laughs) And it it was time to make money Because I had to pay my part of this flop house bills
5: (laughs) Wait, 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 what does that mean?
3: Well, I lived in a flop house on Charters and Toulouse. And a there flop a house there. Is, and, uh, is a place where 10 people to live in, Well, so it it, well to, to get by on a rent. Like, three people are supposed to live there, but 10 people live there. You know what I mean? There's two bedrooms. The rent was $330 a month for a two-floor uh, French Quarter apartment. And we needed 10 people to pay it. Cause so I went, how, how did you pay? Well, I paid it by uh, getting a job with the Bayou State Security Company. Where uh, to get the job, I had to go through all kinds of lie detector tests. I was hooked up to the lie detector test. I had to take a piss test, and uh, I failed everything. My lie detector test said that I was lying about my name. <laughs> because. It said I was lying about stealing because I did steal. I took candy bars from gas stations. I took uh, uh, a picnic table out of a backyard and I carried it maybe two miles so I could have a kitchen table. And uh, I I failed that lie detector test, but what I didn't fail was that Bayou State Security needed a white guy to uh, work for him Uh, because that's what they needed, I guess. So the piss test showed... I'm drifting, but the piss test showed that my stomach lining was eating itself. And so they said, Patty, we're going to give you this job, but you can't spend the money on drugs. And I said, well, that, okay, I'll take it then. I, I don't really have another song. (laughs) I mean, I do, but, but, okay, this is another song about the river.
4: With a brown hair and blue eyes With a brown hair and blue eyes
3: So Bayou State Security put me in a Winn-Dixie Where I was, wait did I talk about guns? Well, I, they gave me a gun. I was 21 with no military training, no background in firearms or rifles or even BB guns, uh, and they gave me a pistol with five bullets in it. And they put me at a Win Dixie in a strip mall. And it didn't take me too long to learn that you didn't want to uh, you didn't want to answer the call if they called you if they called you. For, on the radio you want to give it 10 minutes before you answer the call you want to pretend like your radio was messed up you want to pretend like you were in the restroom yeah, whatever you had to give it 10 minutes so i'm getting a call you pat patty you gotta get down to walgreens someone stole a bottle of whiskey you gotta get down there and i said all right i'm uh, i'm on my way and then i let it go when i i sat there watching my watch panicking i'm like "Oh right, time, now i can go down to the walgreens i, I probably five minutes had passed and i get down there and a guy was just running out of the walgreens with a bottle of whiskey in his hand and he went running and he, around the corner and turned down towards the railroad tracks and i was like i'm not chasing him down there i just know better you don't you don't you know i'm getting paid 380 an hour to do this so i went back in i said hey he got away you know let's let's write a report up or whatever and uh in all this and at the end of my shift i get in my girlfriend's car to drive back to the flop house and uh i'm driving where he where he turned the corner and i look around and he got bored or <laughs> He got tired, or he, knew, he didn't want to run, he didn't want to, he was like, he stopped. I don't think
5: he was scared.
3: <laughs> I don't think he was scared. I think he was just beat, he got his whiskey, he I turned the he corner, <laughs> he got a drink. And, and he was still sitting there, leaning against the wall, just around the corner. Had I turned the corner with him, that was it. I would have made my first e- arrest or whatever. <laughs> What'd I do? I almost bumped this? No, you should play it. Okay. okay.
4: city worm living lots of water and lots of trees the river that runs through it steals the water to the sea steals the water to the sea Walked up to the river, leaned herself against a tree, spoke out to the river like she was speaking out to me, like she was speaking out to me. I want you to promise me, take me to the places where my eyes have never seen, where my eyes have never seen. Walked into the river, Mississippi was running strong. It took her to the bottom where a young girl don't belong. Where a young girl don't belong. Strong. Mississippi
3: running strong So my first day uh, working for Bayou State Security, I go in, and they give me my uniform and I try it on, and it's, it looks like a cops uniform with a big badge and, and uh dark pants and a light shirt and a hat. Well, like a, it was a like a military hat Barney flag. yeah it was it was goofy and uh and then they're like please stand against the wall Mr. Malloy and they put me with a United States flag and a Bayou State security flag which was or maybe it was a state of Louisiana flag and they snapped a picture of me and as I'm standing there looking at the photographer behind them is a wall of of uh similar photos to the one that was being taken of me and it was a it was a wall of of fallen comrades. It was all people who had been killed on the on the job, who had gotten their guns taken from them and shot with them. And that was the main thing that happened to security guards at the time. So it was it was wild. So I'm standing there knowing this is my picture. It could go right up next to that guy or that guy. And uh, that was that was a beginning and probably the beginning of the end.
4: Hey preacher. I don't know. What you go and do, preacher, what you go and do, hey preacher, what you go and do, will they lock them pearly gates from you, well it's a long and winding road, it's a long and winding road. Preacher, what you gonna do when they block them roads of heaven from you? Hey preacher, what you go and do? Preacher, what you go and do? Hey preacher, what you go and do? Will they lock them pearly gates from you?
5: You are not listening to Never Records Radio. Thank you for listening to Never Records Radio. Stay tuned next week for more music from New Orleans. For more information about Never Records, please visit neverrecords.net. As always, I'd like to offer our heartfelt thanks to the people and performers that make Never Records possible. A special thanks goes to Kiri Salinas at Blue Gold Radio for helping put the show together, and to the UW-Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Records.